Hi, this is Moon to Moon with Britton LaRue, and I'm sharing in this episode the astrology of Scorpio season. This is something that I've shared with people who signed up for my Medicine of Autumn offering, which is just a set of teachings. It's not a class or a course. It's a set of teachings that's five, six hours on Libra, Scorpio, and Sagittarius as teaching principles, uh, as a a set of archetypal wisdom that's yummy and helpful. And I look at the signs, the ruling planets, and the tarot cards that are associated with those three signs on the presumption that there's something that we can learn from what autumn is about for us and our lived experience right now. And so I recorded it for the people that have purchased it and the people that will purchase it. And I wasn't planning on sharing this as a podcast episode, but I really, I think it's really helpful and I, I'm proud of it. Um, and yeah, it's great. I just want to share it. So um, this episode is just really about that at the very end, at the back, and I have a little bit more to say, but I wanted to share um, this little creation that I made because I would like it to be more widely available to be of support for people who enjoy learning astrology from me. <laughs> and thank you if that's you. Um, in other news, my Scorpio workbook is here. Here, if you ordered Living the Sign Scorpio already, it is on its way to you. So I can't wait for you to see it. It's so beautiful. If you haven't seen it yet and you're listening, if you just go to my Instagram or to my website, you can see the Scorpio workbook. It's just deliriously amazing, designed by my collaborator and friend, Angela George. So the Scorpio workbook is my deepest, longest workbook yet. It just felt really important to cover so much of what Scorpio is about um, and all the ways that Scorpio can help us. It feels as important now as ever, the teachings of Scorpio, because we are all moving through so much change and Scorpio is very much about change and transformation and about inner resources to be able to do that and finding our power through letting go into change and letting ourselves move through transitions. Mm. There's just so much. I'm so proud of it. It's, um, it's a joy to share the book. So um, please check it out if you are thinking about it. You don't need to have any planets in Scorpio or any allegiances to Scorpio to enjoy the Scorpio workbook, like all the workbooks. They're designed for everyone. It's a chartless experience. If, if you don't know your chart, you don't have to know it. Although I do a lot in the workbook to guide you in understanding your chart, if that is something that you're interested in. Primarily, my workbooks are about self-care. They're about deprogramming from unhelpful conditioning. They're about embracing parts of self that maybe you've been ignoring. They're about doing parts of of self that you might feel unskillful at, doing them more skillfully. It's about radical self-love. It's about empowerment and 
about just ways to work with yourself that will feel better. That's what the workbooks are about. And I use astrology and the tarot as tools to help ground that uh, goal, that intention and that wish. So check it out if you're interested. Other things going on in my world. Well, I'm in the middle of still teaching my year-long astrology class called Charting Your Course. We just started the fourth level or portal, I call it, and we're just going to be doing the outer planets. And I'm really excited, really pumped to be in this material. It's just so helpful. Um, I'm also proud to share that I'm seeking a home for horoscopes and for lunar insight. These could be two different things. But I'm, I'm hoping to find a platform uh, of some kind, a community, a community that is in alignment and resonates with my voice, where I can be uh, working, with, working with other human beings to talk about this language and share what I know about this language in ways that will help that community. And I just also look forward to meeting new people and all the yummy stuff that comes with that. I'm, I'm inviting that in. <laughs> and I, I will know when it's right. And I'll know when it's good because I'll feel it in my body. I'm very proud to be moving slowly through Danica Boyce's Abundance Paganism class, which is now wrapping up, but I'm doing it at a very slow pace as I can. And I'm learning so much from her and it's very giving and nourishing. I'm also taking Luis Mojica's uh, Releasing Trauma class, which is amazing. And I'm blown away at the symmetry between abundance paganism and releasing trauma, these two classes. Danica Boyce has a podcast, Fair Folk, and Luis Mojica has a podcast, Holistic Life Navigation. And they're both speaking to how to, um, hmm, understand where we may have fear or constriction or scarcity and how to work with that in order to bring in more flow of energy, more flow of abundance, more flow of trust, more flow of love, and a sense of safety and anchoring. And it's really beautiful how they're both doing very different things, like the actual, the the, the content of what they're teaching is very different, but the core of the teachings is very um, resonant one to the other and absolutely in resonance with everything that I'm ready for. Like this isn't new to me at all, but it's, it's one of those things where I'm always wanting to hear a new framing, a new way of talking about um, a similar thing to help me go deeper. And uh, with that power of language, like certain keywords that a new teacher brings can open up so much. And uh, I just recommend both of those teachers very much to you um, to check out. And uh, I anticipate that their teachings will continue to be 
um, influencing or, you know, uh, supporting me in the things that I'm trying to do with my projects. So thank you, Danica, and thank you, Luis. I'm grateful. That's pretty much the way it is on my end. Other than that, we've got my personal life, which I'll keep private and personal. Thank you. Enjoy this episode. And of course, if there's anything that comes up that you don't understand or I don't define or, um, I don't know, mystifies you in some way, my goal is always to be understood and helpful and resonant for people. So I don't want to be uh, mystifying anyone. So please just reach out to me if you have any questions about anything that I offer in the astrology forecast you're about to listen to. Take care of yourselves. This is the Scorpio season medicine for medicine of autumn. (laughs) Um, And this is Britain. I'm recording on the morning of October 22nd, 2020. The sun moves into Scorpio late afternoon if you're on the mainland of the U.S. And so we sit in the kind of pregnant last moments of Libra season in the moment that this is recorded. And soon we will pass into a new phase. So before I get into the astrology, I wanted to remind everyone of a couple of things. Thank you for listening. I hope you find this supports you. It supports me. (laughs) So first of all, I just want to remind everyone that the cycle began with a new moon in Libra. So we began with a new moon in Libra. That was on Friday of last week. And um, it was a really big new moon, a really important new moon, because it has a lot of symmetry and um, recall, I guess you could say, to prior new moons of 2020, um, particularly the new moons in the cardinal signs. So the cardinal signs are Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. So going all the way back to Capricorn, reminding us of the eclipses we had then between the Christmas day and January 10th, and then the Aries new moon um, on March 24th, and then Cancer new moons on the solstice, June 21, as well as again, July 20, because we had two Cancer new moons this year. And so this new moon uh, is very like, um, huh, have I been here before? (laughs) Um, It's like deja vu. Uh, It's like, hey guys, um, what are we learning? My favorite question. So even though we move our, like at the solar conscious light into Scorpio, the signature of most of Scorpio season is the lunar new moon in Libra. 
And this has been going on since we had that second new moon in Cancer. All of the new moons have been happening then at the end of a sun season. So it's like we build towards the new moon in whatever the sun is in. So we won't have our new moon in Scorpio until towards the end of Scorpio season. And I've been finding this really interesting and really um, profound, honestly, because I feel like there's like this greater buildup, like it's like um, earning it. Maybe that's like the wrong language, but I feel like we get to meditate on what Scorpio means for us over a long period of time so that when we actually reach that new moon in Scorpio, there's like a real sense of what the invitation is for you with it so that you can make really beautiful intentions with it. So keeping that in mind then, if you did not make intentions or goals with the new moon in Libra, you can always still do it. You can do it at any point, really, Um, especially as you can look outside your window and notice that the moon is waxing and it's going to get to a a first quarter moon coming up here. Um, That's a really lovely time to go ahead and set those intentions um, that you want to have for this lunar cycle. Um, Okay, so... The other thing to um, set the stage, if you didn't listen to the Libra season uh, astrology that I provided, let me just remind you that something that we're in is that we have Mercury retrograde right now um, in Scorpio. It's not going to stay in Scorpio the whole retrograde. It's going to go back into Libra. So the degrees there are 25 Libra to 11 Scorpio that we have Mercury that went through one time forward and then goes quote unquote backwards retrograde and then we'll go forward again. It's always a three week period of retrograde and then you add a week on either side for like, that's interesting, like insights that are coming in that you're noticing that might be kind of like a story you're living out through that retrograde. So note that we are in the midst of that and that's part of the flavor of Scorpio season is both the... um half of the second half of the retrograde, as well as then the um, stationing and then the forward motion. And honestly, like some of the greatest insight comes at the end when um, when we, we can just see what we've been learning. So that's flavoring the whole Scorpio cycle um, that we're going to be talking about. And I'll be bringing Mercury up now and then. Um, Mars is also retrograde. This is one of the key signatures of 2020. Mars entered Aries at the very end of June. Uh, it began to go over the degrees that it was going to go retrograde back over starting in August. And then it stationed retrograde in early September. And it's still retrograde uh, in Libra season. It went, it was opposite the sun, which is the peak of the whole cycle. The whole reason it's retrograde is because Mars always goes always goes retrograde when the sun is in the opposite sign that it's in. And when Mars is retrograde, it's as close as it ever gets in its elliptic, uh, in its orbit, 
um, to the earth, which is why if you go outside and you look for Mars, it's this big orange object in the sky. It's very clear which one Mars is because it has this um, orangey color to it. It's very, very interesting. It blows my mind every time. Um, the astrology is very visible right now because you can go outside and see like right now we have the moon in Capricorn. So the moon outside in the night sky is with very clearly visible Jupiter and Saturn together because they're getting closer and closer together right now. They're going to get together in December. And then, you know, you then you turn your head and you see how those planets are in a square, a 90 degree hard angle to orange Mars over there. So um, that's a fun thing to do is to go like literalize everything that you hear by going and looking at it in the sky. Uh, another theme that we're living in right now is that Mercury it has, is in the midst of three oppositions to the planet Uranus. Uranus is in Taurus. It's retrograde in Taurus. And... Scorpio is the opposite sign to Taurus. Um, and so when Mercury hit the first opposition, it was October 7th. And then again, October 19th, when it was going retrograde, it went opposite Uranus. And then it will have its final pass during Scorpio season. And that's something that brings surprises. And um, whoa, wasn't expecting that turn of events. Uh, it's a, an expect the unexpected kind of thing. Also capable of bringing you on a personal level, like really big aha moments. Um, like, oh my gosh, veil removal on whatever, some topic. And you might be kind of in a journey around learning something about a particular topic that relates to those dates. Okay, so those are the situating factors. Let's jump in then. If you have your calendar out, you can write these things down, or maybe you like to write them in your journal. If you don't want to write anything down, that's perfectly fine too. And just don't let all the dates like get in your head and make you feel confused. You know, like I can't listen to dates without a pen and paper. So just um, feel free to uh, disregard if it ever feels like too much technical, like numbers, too much calendar, just be with the general sense of it, right? The thematics of it. Okay, so uh, today, October 22nd, the sun moves into Scorpio. As I said, it doesn't move into Scorpio till evening. People born in the morning on October 2nd would have their sun in Libra. So people born on the cusp like that, you, you really have to know the birth time in order to figure out were they born as a Libra sun or a Scorpio sun. So I looked at the chart for this entry, um, the entrance of the sun into Scorpio, and I noticed that the moon is exactly uh, conjunct Pluto in the moment that this happens, and Mars is dawning in the sky the moment that this happens. So um, that's a lot of like, that's a lot of Mars, Pluto, energy um, with the sun moving into Scorpio, which is ruled by Mars and Pluto, as you've been learning. So the two rulers of, of Scorpio have interesting things happening at this entry. Mars dawning and the moon exactly 
conjunct Pluto in the sky. What does this mean? The um, fantasy nerd in me remembered the Legolas line from the two towers when he says something like, a red sun rises, blood will be spilled this night. And I thought of that with Mars dawning, this like orange object is like coming up. Um, and, you know, when moon is conjunct Pluto in a birth chart, that's, um, it's, like it's, a, it's a lot of intensity. It's a lot of intensity. It's similar to having moon in Scorpio. Uh, it's a lot of emotional intensity. This is not a bad thing. It's a neutral thing. It just is. And so if astrology speaks to us about how moments of initiation, like a birth of some kind, a birth of a moment, a birth of a, uh, of a lunar cycle, the birth of an event, the birth of uh, a sun's entry into a new sign, if the moment of that initiation has a correspondence which is a correspondence between what is happening in the sky and what happens in human affairs and how we can forecast in some way um, the continuation or the journey of whatever was initiated based on the energy of that moment. If we were to say, like, what would this say about the Scorpio cycle? This is very Scorpionic. Um, it's very... Um, it requires this, this, this kind of, uh, forecast would require our, our strongest Mars, our most brave self, our brave, intense self that can really look at things and handle them. That doesn't look away or squirm away at things that need to be seen that might be a little bit hard to look at. I don't say this to be scary because I actually find that set of um, qualities to be pretty awesome, that ability. And it's what I love in Scorpio people and um, what I cultivate in myself, especially having known a lot of Scorpio people in my life intimately. I value this in the Scorpio. It's the deep sight. Just don't look away, right? Don't look away. Eyes wide open. Don't squirm. So do we need astrology to tell us this? I think anyone might uh, be able to guess that the cycle that's going to hold the election of 2020 is going to be a, a time that requires our deep resources, Pluto, Scorpio, are deep resources for uh, the ability to, to handle what you see and stay strong, you know, stay with the thing. Uh, look at it closely to identify what you don't like or what is, a, what is the problem or what is the poison so that you can look at it like a surgeon or a researcher, a scientist, an investigator, so that you can really see and, and point to right where the thing is. Because we can't, we can't extract poison or identify issues if we aren't willing to look, right? 
And this is what the Scorpio in us can help us do when we otherwise are like, but I don't want to. That doesn't sound very fun. (laughs) That doesn't sound easy. It's like Scorpio invites us to identify our inner resources. So this is some good uh, opportunity from the sky to go ahead and go do that. Um, Okay. Moving forward, October 25th at around 1.20 p.m. Central, we have a very special thing, Kazemi. This is when Mercury begins a whole new cycle, when Mercury and the sun come together. So the idea then is that the sun is moving forward into Scorpio and Mercury is moving backward at the moving back towards Libra because it's retrograde and they come together. And since the ancients, the idea is that in that little window of time, like right around that, uh, the hour of that event, um, there's an opportunity for some magical downloads for Mercury Hermes to whisper in your ear and tell you something that's important for you. It's a beautiful time to meditate to journal to you know if you're somebody like I love the way my mind works when I'm running or walking but especially running I just feel like things just like drop into my mind like out of it's like magic and I have these great ideas and I'm jotting them down in my notes and my phone Uh, If you like to work with the tarot or other divinatory practices, like it's a really good time. So like I said, it's around 1.20 p.m. Central um, on October 25th. You have the opportunity to um, commune with Hermes Mercury and get some kind of magical bit of information that will help you right now. So I would recommend staying attuned, just like um, the ancients would say, like don't necessarily be around lots of other people in that little window of time because they might diffuse or, uh, I'm going to sneeze. (laughs) (coughs) (coughs) You rarely sneeze just once, my grandpa used to say. Um... Yeah, if you're around other people and there's a noise and you're like on your phone reading news or checking social media or whatever, then you can miss the insight. So if you can, not everybody can do this, but if you can clear some time around uh, like a two-hour window, one-hour window around there um, for yourself to just listen, to just, just listen to what comes. Um, and that's at two degrees of Scorpio. Okay, so then Venus will, this is very interesting. Venus will move from Virgo to Libra on October 27th on the same day that Mercury moves into Libra. So uh, they'll be coming from the different ends, right? Like Venus is coming in the, at the zero and and Scor- uh, Mercury is coming from Scorpio. So it's coming in at 29. And uh, so 
we're not done with Libra vibes. Like we, we have a lot of like Libra, fierce, um, justice, uh, sensing the adjustments, sensing, sensing the writing that needs to be done. That's coming from two very important personal filters from the sky, Venus and Mercury. Those are the two planets between the, between us and the suns. They are filters for our consciousness. So Venus rules Libra in the language of astrology. So Venus is very strong there. Venus likes to be in Libra. Venus wants beauty and harmony between people. And so look for Libra to continue to be teaching us um, because this, though the sun has moved on, we still have this energy happening in Libra in late October. Um, so there's really just a tiny window of time where Libra is clear um, and then Libra comes back into play. And this is important too because Mercury then will be retrograding just to the 25 of Libra. Thus, it's going to be in this corridor that is in a square to the planets that are in Capricorn, Saturn, Pluto, and Jupiter, creating a lot of the energy of 2020. Uh, specifically, Mercury will be very much in like a square to Saturn, and that really stays with us um, from the moment Mercury enters Libra till um, November 10th when Mercury leaves Libra finally and moves back to Scorpio. So what does that mean? Every time that Mercury has been in a square this year to the what's known by some astrologers as, uh, let's see, Anne Ortley calls Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto and uh, in Capricorn, the COVID clump. My teacher, Adam Summer, calls them calls it the boneyard. I've heard it called the Capricorn corridor. It's sort of like as planets move around, they're having to negotiate and sidestep these big guys up in Capricorn right now. And so every time Mercury has had a relationship in a square to or an opposition to those planets, there's been... Uh, on the one hand, collectively, like a lot of news, a lot of information, Mercury, that comes in that's 2020. <laughs> um, and it's, I just saw, I saw a really funny meme the other day that was like, first you see Fred Savage in um, Princess Bride, and he's like, so wait, where were we, Grandpa? Because <laughs> remember, his grandpa's telling the story. And then, the, and then the grandpa's like, oh, yes, the pit of despair. <laughs> oh. uh, so I feel like every time Mercury is in a square opposition to the COVID clump, it's like, oh, where were we again? Oh, yes, the pit of despair. You have to laugh. It transmutes. Uh, and you know, that pit of despair can also be in your own head and your own brain chemistry because Mercury is the mind. So, um, the sun has moved on, but Mercury will be back there. So I think it's not a surprise to anyone that we have got to hold ourselves in excellent self-care right now. There's so much, 
There's so much in the news. It's changing so quickly. There's so much to be afraid of. There's so much unknown. There's so much uncertainty. There's so much, there's such a lack of trust. There's such a lack of anchoring in elders. There's such a lack of the ability to like trust that the structures of your of your people, and here I'm speaking from the position of being in the US, that are like holding you and there's some kind of certainty that we can have in them that things will unfold in like rational, uh, uh, ethical, <laughs> um, transparent ways, you know? And so, woo, we just have to, like, wh- who's gonna hold us? Like, we have to hold ourselves and trust in something greater for me at least, that's what does it, anchoring into this language, anchoring um, into safety zones, people that make me feel safe, animals that make me feel safe, nature that helps me feel safe. What are the anchorings? What are the not anchorings? And I just repeat uh, what I shared in my new moon lunar insight with her HQ, just A really great intention to have this cycle with Scorpio season or with this lunar cycle is the intention to um, seek what makes you feel good and safe and block what doesn't. I'm not into cancel culture at all, but I do think this is a window. We don't have to always be like this, but I do think a real sense of like, you know, notifications turned off. Um not not going into any zones, media zones, or interactions with certain human beings that tend to create anything in your nervous system that doesn't, uh, that's going to make it feel more irritated. And I also think a biochemical approach is also really helpful and removing um, things to put in the body that stimulate you or um, trouble you in some way and really just feeling like, the goal here is regulating the self to feel calm, as calm as I can and safe as I can and as trusting as I can that this will pass. Hmm. So the next thing is October 31 when we have a full moon in Taurus. So this is a double, a double whammy because... It's sun opposite Uranus and moon conjunct Uranus because at the exact degree, eight degrees of Taurus and Scorpio, we have this full moon on Halloween, the second full moon of the month of October. And Uranus is uh, is there, is, is, is there. Um, if you have any planets or points around eight degrees of Taurus or Scorpio, please check they're involved in this for you. So it's a huge new moon, I mean, full moon. It's ruled by Venus then because Venus rules Taurus. So we go, okay, so how's Venus doing? Good news is Venus is in Libra. She loves to be in Libra too. She's in a good position. And um, I feel like uh, the medicine to uh, hold ourselves is to be very Venusian, to um, be in self-care unapologetically, 
seeking people with whom we feel good and yummy and safe, people who make us laugh, TV shows that make us laugh, like whatever we need to do is probably a day to, again, expect the unexpected because of Uranus being involved. Uranus um, is like electricity and it in the nervous system that can feel very like restless and like nervous energy. And so the goal is to, um, Uranus is not bad. It's an, it's neutral. It can bring us great awakenings that are exciting and really good for us. I, I'm a huge fan of Uranus, but Uranus does have the potential to bring us like maybe more than we feel like we can handle sometimes. And so um, whatever you can do for stabilization on the day of Halloween, the better. Um, I, it's, it's a special time of the year, Halloween, um, in that portal before and after the day of Halloween is when in traditions all around the world, the idea is that the veil is very thin between our world and the spirit world. So one way you might self-regulate would be to create ritual. Ritual space is probably when I feel most safe and most protected and most good in myself and full of myself and creating a beautiful window of time and space where you are with yourself and you call in and call upon your ancestral support or uh, any support, maybe just your own higher self, deeper self, your deep, ancient, wise, wise, wise self to give you some support right now. Um, in my Scorpio workbook, which I think many people who have invested in this offering ha- already own, there is a, um, there's a ritual for Samhain, um, which is the name, uh, the traditional name of this little window between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice when it's really nourishing to meditate on death and meditate on who is gone and not be afraid um, and celebrate death because it brings us new life come Taurus, right? Brings us the garden in the spring. It's essential. And we can like swim around or um, maybe not swim, but like frolic frolic around in the rich soil of who we are in our bones and um, in our foundations and in our root systems of really just feeling connected to those deep resources which is so much a part of the Scorpio story but given that Uranian component um, on the, the plus side you could have wild insight deep deep uh intuition on that day Um, and you could also have uh, just a lot of nervous energy and we could get some real news disruptions so uh, again self-care holding yourself November 3rd Mercury then stations direct on election day yay (laughs) as you've probably heard you're in a stationed retrograde so not stationing direct but stationed retrograde 
on election day in 2000. I remember that day, just finally just had to go to bed because we didn't know who was going to be our president. And then there was a lot of like, who's the president? Uh, like, can we trust the system? With That was Bush Gore. Real bummer for me. And uh, so I think we don't need astrology to tell us that there's probably going to be a lot of confusion on election day and a lot of uh, techno glitchery, get your votes in early. Um, And like, you don't need to hear it from me. I... Mercury then will be at 25 of Libra, thus it's right in the square to the Capricorn clump. And uh, it's a Capricorn rising chart at the moment that Mercury stations. Um, With the North Node conjunct the Moon in Gemini, which is information, it's ruled by Mercury. Um, So... Yeah, um, I don't do predictions, but I do. I what I do care about is individuals taking care of themselves and trusting in their own inner resources, and the trusting in the anchoring of process and in cycles. So I know that this will pass. Um. You know, remembering the entry of Scorpio promised the importance of very brave, deep sight. Okay, so we keep can keep into holding our brave Mars selves. November 9th, Venus will be opposite Mars for the day. Um, I kind of love it because Mars is in a home sign of Aries and Venus will be home sign of Libra. So I don't know, like this is a real face-off between lovers, like not in your life. I mean, Venus and Mars, um, like what does this part of me want? And what does that part of me want? And they're, this is like, they've got all their resources. Mars is stationing. It's slow. It's, um, it's probably the weaker of the two then, we could say. Um, it's It's been besieged quite a bit by the Capricorn planets already. So I'm kind of wondering if I'm going to put my bet on Venus as the more ferocious, strong part of ourselves that, um, you know, really has a way of speaking to the Mars part of us that... Um, has been humbled, <laughs> has been humbled to learn a thing or two. We've been humbled that we can't push things through the way we want them to. We are humbled at how slow we have to go right now. We are humbled that what we want to have happen, we're not allowed to have happen. Mm. If Venus comes in, and full support. She hasn't reached those planets yet. She hasn't come to a square with the Capricorn corridor. And she says, love, beauty, justice. And I kind of love that. So I don't know if it'll feel like anything, but I'm just going to make a note about it and see what happens. 
On the 10th of November, then, Mercury goes back into Scorpio. Um, so we get some part of ourselves basically like out of the Libra space, but Venus is still there in Libra. So Mercury then is, you know, finishing up its teachings. Okay, so what, you know, what has this retrograde been teaching us? What's the story? What are we learning? Um, Mercury's still in the process of revealing all that to us because it's got to go over all those degrees that it went retrograde for us to fully understand. But at this point, we should really feel in receipt of understandings. And then November 13th is a huge day. It's a huge day because they have a double whammy. It's our third and last Jupiter-Pluto conjunction that will be in the morning. So we've had three Jupiter-Pluto conjunctions this year. The first was, I'm riffing, I believe it was April 5th. That was a real surge in, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, with coronavirus. That's what most people are associating with that date. Um, And then when they were conjunct again in later June, I believe it was, there was another like, oh my gosh, it's surging again. And so the prediction has been that as we approach this Jupiter-Saturn, Jupiter-Pluto conjunction again, that it will be like another, like back to the future, like we're on repeat. Um, Jupiter-Pluto seems to be a strong signature for coronavirus, it also is a signature for other things too, like travel being banned because Jupiter is traveling, schools being closed because Jupiter's schools. So there's a lot of factors and they're all, of course, tied to numbers that we see coming in and the pressure on hospitals and things like that. So um, that's what might be showing up for us around then. And then it's also, and I mean, again, we don't need astrology to tell us this. Like we can look at the news as it currently is. Like everybody's been telling us that the numbers were going to go back up. Um, We don't know. Um, So I'm looking back at something. Um, Jupiter also has to do with, you know, like with money. Um, and so there's, can also be potentially issues around the, like, what are we learning about a stimulus package coming or not? Like, what are we learning about, um, the, the effects of, this year on our sense of abundance and our access to money and who, because Pluto's involved, you know, noticing deep inequity and like the ridiculousness of a handful of people making so much money off of how so many people are struggling right now, like Amazon, for example, Um, and so some things like that might come forward too. It's like, 
gross, uh, gross comes from Pluto, gross, grotesque, uh, reveals around, um, the people that have money, uh, Jupiter, um, could mean a lot of things and maybe all of them will show up. Also that day, Mars stations direct and, um, that will be late in the day. I'm really, I'm really excited about this. <laughs> I'm really excited for Mars to just move along <laughs> and get out of Aries. <laughs> oh, says the Aries rising. Uh, so Mars will station at 15. So if, if you're just tuning in, Mars, the degrees for Mars are 15 to 28, really 29 when you round up. If you have anything in Aries at those degrees, it's been involved with the Mars retrograde. Likewise, any other cardinal signs, if you have uh, 15 to 29 Cancer, Libra, or Capricorn placements, they are all, they have all been um, learning things across this Mars retrograde. So Mars will station direct and move off um, and begin to go back over all of those degrees again and scoot on out of Aries come January. Um, so uh, it's interesting. The day that that happens then, the sun, the moon, and Mercury are all in Scorpio because it's right before the new moon in Scorpio. And... As you know, Scorpio is ruled by Mars too. So that will be like the dark of the moon of the lunar cycle. Um, I just, I'm really hoping that like baskets full of insight come to me, come to you, come to us to help us understand, to help us understand what we've been going through and um, help us hold ourselves with that knowledge. Um, so very, you know, when, when a planet is stationing, it's, it's very, like, strong in the, in the collective and personal psyche. So leading up to November 13th, I expect to feel, like, a lot of potential aggressive, assertive, hot, passionate, uh, restless energy, thrusty energy from the collective and from and in myself um, as Mars is just like so hot uh, in us and then it will continue to feel hot until it gets some more speed so that it could take a week or so. So um, what I would not like to see is... Uh, uh, civil unrest and martial law type things that happen, but you just don't know. Um, I'm believing in the best of us and the best of the astrology. On November 14th, then we have the new moon in Scorpio. Hooray. Um, so it's, that's going to be at 23 degrees of Scorpio, if you have anything there, or Taurus. Um, those planets are involved in the new moon, um, invited in, so to speak. Um, 
So a beautiful day to <clears throat> be in deep connection to Scorpio energy and what you're really inviting in for transformation at this time. Then... Um, I also, I had noted that the planet Uranus will be at the very top of the sky at the moment of the new moon, opposite Mercury at the other side of the sky. So um, I'm wondering then if just, um, you know, Uranus is involved again. <laughs> Uranus is involved again. So uh, there could be some kind of uh, public shock uh, some kind. Um, I'm not a predictor though. I just see these things and I'm throwing them out there. Um, November 17th is the third and final Mercury Uranus opposition. So those dates again are October 7th was the first, October 19th was the second, and then November 17th will be the third and final. Um, big aha moments insight um wow who knew uh expect the unexpected shock and awe um you know my october 19th day was huge for me realizing things about my business and growing my money and growing my uh, ability to um, make more money than i currently am and that made so much sense because I have Taurus Scorpio in the second, eighth houses that have to do with what you have and your assets and um, your investments and things like that. So for me, I had like very literal, like, oh my gosh, I could create this model and that would be very supporting to me. Like, oh, and how fun that would be to set that up. I think that that could be very lucrative, you know, and it was just, and that's a notable thing because I'm not like someone who's grown up uh, identifying as good with money in quotes. <laughs> that's never been my identity. And um, it was a really fun day just feeling like I, I feel so like on this uh, energy of feeling the insight, you know, so I, I know it can sound scary when we talk collective, but know that so many of these things at a personal level can feel really exciting. And like life has all of these things, you know, like the life force energy has all of it. This, the, the good, bad, the ugly, like look for the insight that's available. So, you know, maybe on November 17th, I'll like, actually begin doing something towards what I'm seeing as a possible like new kind of business model for myself or not. Maybe I'll have kind of adjacent insight that's like similar and related. Um, who knows? It could be a different thematic because those houses for me also have to do with worthiness. Being worth, um, it, am I worth people paying me? Um, and is my work worth it? Well, I have to believe that, right? So maybe I'll have big insight on November 17th about um, my own worthiness. And so that would be like a related, but not the same kind of day of downloads. Does that make sense? That's how this works. <laughs> 
So in that corridor of November 16th to 19th, then Venus will be squaring the boneyard from Libra to Capricorn for several days. So when Venus, you know, which is our pleasure and love and they likes to feel really good, when Venus squares planets like that, uh, particularly Pluto and Saturn, it can feel a little like dry, uh, like, like it's just, those are just aren't as fun days sometimes and they may pass over like nothing ever happened to you. But if you did happen to notice that you felt a little like distant or, or like it was hard to feel your pleasure and your love and then you looked and you had a notation like, oh, Venus is squaring the boneyard. Hmm, I can see that that's showing up for me. And I know that this will pass in just a couple days. You know what I mean? That's how you can use this information to reflect back to you how you're feeling and trust that it passes. And finally, November 21, then Venus moves into Scorpio. So then Libra will be clear, you know, like we've cleared out of uh, the cardinal sign that is in opposition to Mars and Aries and in a square to Capricorn. And uh, Scorpio is in a friendly relationship to Capricorn because it's a sec, what we call a sextile by sign. It's a water sign, Scorpio, and um, Capricorn's Earth. And water and Earth like really like to play together. Um, water like snuggles on up into Earth, and Earth p- hugs that water and like gives it a container. And so uh, there's, to me, relief. Um, there's relief in getting everything on into Scorpio. Um, it's only a period because then we're going to have a sun that moves into Sagittarius and things just move on, you know. But I do look to November 21 of like clearing Libra. Nothing against Libra. It just happens to be uh, in a tricky position this year. And I feel like I wonder how that will feel in the body to be clear of that energy of um, just being in a difficult angle to Capricorn. So that's how these things work as moon to moon, sign to sign, season to season, these things shift and you can be with it consciously and lovingly to learn what you're here to learn. (laughs) Thank you for listening. I hope that you found this supportive and I hope that you won't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions. Cheers. Thank you for listening. That was part of a larger package of teachings that I offer that lives on my website called The Medicine of Autumn. It's five, six hours on the teachings of the sign of Libra, Scorpio, and Sagittarius. I I talk about the signs, I talk about the ruling planets and the tarot cards associated with those signs. You don't need to know anything about astrology or the tarot 
to learn um, to get a lot from them because as always my focus is on how to bring this wisdom into your lived experience immediately so that it's it's just part of your regular life how you manage being human enjoy being human experience being human on this planet at this time and how can those that arc that story arc that is um, autumn in the northern hemisphere give us something helpful right now so that's the presumption of medicine of autumn that it does and if you're curious you can just go to my website to check that out so I have a couple bits of advice for you here at the very end, really repeating things I said or things I indirectly suggested throughout this whole episode. One is to call on your most brave self, to be so very brave, believe in yourself as so very, very brave. Trust in your discernment. Trust in your sight. And speak brave, clear, discerning, wise words. Go slow. Embrace going slower. Take our time. You don't have to say those brave words impulsively you can wait until you are ready if you don't know what to do don't do anything just take care of things behind the scenes take care of your future self behind the scenes and finally i would say listen to your heart caretake your heart as i've said before in different places I found that ignoring my grief is not a sustainable plan for living. So be in deep care. Um, there's, there's no rush right now. Things are slower and we can take time to process what's here, what's showing up, give everything the proper honoring and transition that it that this time requires because grief is very present. So tending to the heart, tending to the belly, tending to the feelings, tending to where we feel charged or triggered is just so important right now. There's so much learning that we get from that, learning to how, how to tend to um, when our nervous system or when our adrenals feel charged so really being with yourself and feeling into that before you need to go do anything about the sources of, those, of that grief, often there's nothing to be done. But even if there is something to be done or words to be said, it's really important to be constantly also caretaking the feeling that you're having so that when you respond to whatever may have been a source of upset for you. You feel that you are in integrity and in alignment having already care, taken care of yourself. So those are just some words of wisdom to share here at the end. 
courtesy of King of Swords, Knight of Pentacles, and Three of Swords that came forward for you. I'm wishing you all well this cycle. I encourage you to invest in living the signs Scorpio if you are seeking seeking uh, intimate wisdom with yourself to move through the yummy, yummy richness of Scorpio wisdom. So, 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 so much. Everyone who invests in Medicine of Autumn receives a code to get a big discount on the autumn workbooks. So reach out to me if you have any questions about that. Take care. Cheers.